0: Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Palme.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP Sports Podcast on this uh, Thursday, July 28th, 2022. And it's also season four, episode 13 of my podcast. I look forward to my uh, guest tonight. It's his first time on my podcast, his name is Joe Whitbread. He's um, an MC, a keynote speaker, and he's also the uh, public address announcer for the Sylvan Lake Gulls of the uh, WCBL, which is the Western Canadian Baseball League out in Alberta and out on the western part of Canada. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to Joe uh, this evening. He will be on in a minute, and they, they are taking on Edmonton Prospects prospects game uh, tonight at 7 o'clock their time, 9 o'clock our time. I guess in Alberta, they're two hours below behind us here in ontario so really look forward to speaking to joel about his career in broadcasting and media and doing some public addressing public address announcing work so bear with me guys i'm going to bring on the uh pa voice of the uh sylvan lake goals
0: good evening joel how you doing i'm great chris how are you good thank you so much for coming on my podcast Yeah, it's absolutely great to be here. Congratulations on, uh, what is it, uh, episode 13 in four years? That's amazing.
1: Actually, it's my 177th episode since March 2020. But who's counting, right? Yes. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm working on a career on radio, hopefully. Awesome. Well, I I
0: mean, certainly uh, greetings from the Western side of our great nation. I'm talking to you from Sylvan Lake, Alberta, which for your viewers and listeners is smack dab in the middle of Edmonton and Calgary. If this were hockey season, you would have half orange and blue jerseys and half red and yellow jerseys in the crowd. We really are in central Alberta, but of course it's baseball season. And as you said, I'm getting ready for tonight's big game against Edmonton.
1: I was gonna say, so you're what, about two hours from Edmonton and two hours from Calgary, approximately?
0: Yeah, you know, even just under, a lot of people do their uh, big city visits from here. But we have to remember, I'm talking to you from Sylvan Lake, which is a bedroom community, uh, sort of like the Niagara region in Ontario. It's a very tourism heavy, obviously, with the word lake in the title. Sylvan Lake is a place, a destination place for people from British Columbia, people from all over Alberta. And if you are a hockey fan, you would know the one synonymous name and family name Uh, which is the Sutter's. And the Sutter family, actually, Brian Sutter farms very near here in Sylvan. Uh, Brandon and his family have a place on the lake here in Sylvan. Brent and Daryl are always seen at Sylvan Lake Gulls games. Uh, Dwayne, uh, and I think that's uh, Rich and Ron, of course, from the Lethbridge area, but here in central Alberta. So we're home of the Sutter family, and they are spotted at Sylvan Lake Gulls baseball games.
1: I was going to say, just reading up, you're not far from Red Uh, Red Deer Alberta, which has got the uh, Red Deer uh, uh, Rebels, right? The Junior A team?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've been with the uh, Red Deer Rebels for 21 seasons in the Western Hockey League. When it's not summertime, you can find me at the rink on the Jumbotron hosting games. I've worked with the Sutter family. The Red Deer Rebels, for those of you listeners who don't aren't familiar with the West, Uh, certainly they play in the Western Hockey League, have had many, many successful seasons. They won the uh, Memorial Cup back in 2001. We hosted that tournament in 2016. Your London Knights were the winners here with great names like uh, Matthew Kachuk and Mitch Marner on that team. They were just a powerhouse, but they played our Red Deer Rebels. And I've been uh, very fortunate to be part of that club over my uh, long career in broadcasting.
1: I was going to say, I'm going to have to have you back on again in the future to talk about the Western Hockey League because I'm a, a camera operator for Rogers TV here in Guelph, the home of the Guelph Storm. And I do a lot of the OHL games and it would be nice to have somebody on to talk more about the Western Junior Hockey League as well.
0: Well, certainly, and I've got many colleagues just like you across the nation who focus on either writing or online content or video or announcing when it comes to the Western League. So if you need uh, eyes or ears in Medicine Hat, in Lethbridge, with the Oil Kings, who were just recently at the latest Memorial Cup, yeah. uh, with the Calgary Hitmen, uh, certainly I can hook you up in that, uh, in that regard. Yeah
1: i got bad memories of the Oil kings because 2014 guelph i thought was the best team in junior hockey that whole year and they had one bad game the whole year and it was against edmonton in the final game at budweiser gardens in london unfortunately losing six to three to those oil kings
0: well and i'm talking to you from a baseball park where we are about to play the edmonton prospects and as a red deer rebels announcer uh, and someone from the red deer region of central alberta We don't like Edmonton. I'm also a Flames fan. uh, So, you know, there's a lot we can talk about Edmonton. I say that in jest. They're very good people. uh, But as a rival, they certainly have found a rivalry, much as Calgary has uh, in baseball and hockey as well.
1: Definitely. And I've uh, had Derek Wills on from the Flames and Jack Michaels from the Oilers, too. So uh, you're my third guy from Western Canada on my show.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. There's so many great sports across the nation, as you know, you know, the Canadian Hockey League. I know it's uh, you know it's baseball themed tonight and I don't mean to talk so much hockey, but the Canadian Hockey League is really the epitome of how um, we all come together. You know, I still think that the Memorial Cup is the hardest trophy to win in all of sports. And there's so many that would argue that, obviously, the Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup. But you have to remember, after winning the Stanley Cup, if the Colorado Avalanche then had to go to a championship tournament, let's say between the European champion and maybe a, uh, you know, a different uh, you know, continent champion, after winning the Stanley Cup, that would then be the hardest trophy to win. But that's what the CHL is. The Quebec Major Junior League, the OHL, the Western League all come together. Their champions then play another tournament immediately against a host team that's typically rested, as was the case this year. And I could go on and on about uh, the host and how that sort of doesn't necessarily represent the same level of competitiveness each time the tournament comes around.
1: I was gonna say, um, uh, to be honest, I've been to the states more than I have my own country, and I, in the future, I would like to come out to Western Canada and uh, see some sports out there. And obviously, this baseball league, the Western Canadian Baseball League, it's been around since what, nineteen thirty-one, approximately.
0: Yeah, different iterations of it. You know, the Wheat Belt League. Uh, obviously, we're through the Prairie Provinces. For those that are maybe uh, geographically uh, unaware of of this area, obviously British Columbia on the coast. Then you've got Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Very prairie. If you've ever driven, uh, you know, if you've ever driven this way, then you certainly recognize or realize that. Uh, there's not a lot of mountains until you get to the foothills and we're very lucky, Uh, actually just out this window behind me, if we were to go another hundred kilometers, we'd be in the Rocky mountain house region, which actually, and incidentally is the foothills of the Rockies. So we're very fortunate in our region to have tourism. Banff is only an hour and a half, two hours uh, to the West. Um, A lot of kids, and we can get into that Chris tonight. A lot of kids who play uh, in this league and incidentally for the Sylvan Lake Gulls, are from, areas of the United States, some parts of Canada, where they don't have that ability. I just talked to one family who made the trip this weekend. Their parents were up from the Nevada area, where certainly there's enough mountains and hills too, but they made a weekend getaway to Banff, uh, because uh, if you ever get the chance from the east to come this way, you've got to go to what could be one of the most beautiful parts, uh, certainly, of our nation.
1: And I was going to say, and it's so great to read up on your baseball league. Uh, we, we've we lost our double A AA teams, triple A teams here in Ontario. And it's nice to see uh, a baseball league like yours up and running. 11-team league since 1931. And I believe the Leftbridge Bulls are your defending champions. Uh, the Harry Halas Memorial Trophy, they call it.
0: Yeah, so the defending, and and we have to remember, as you know, Chris, uh, last couple of years in all of sport, whether professional or amateur or college level, there's just an asterisk next to almost every championship. And that's taking nothing away from the champions, the Lethbridge Bulls. But we do have to remember that last season, right here, as I sat here and did public address announcing sometimes with a mask on, it was a very different uh, league. Uh, There was, I believe, eight to to nine teams that were unable to field a team, given that it's an American player crossing the border. And as you remember, that was very difficult, if not impossible to do. And so eight to nine teams in the WCBL didn't field a team in 2021. So, and in fact, one of the teams, the Okotoks Dogs uh, fielded two teams. That's a bedroom community just outside of Calgary, a real Mecca for baseball. So they were able to fill two teams Uh, So fans who were sparse last year because of restrictions and everything else at our stadium uh, witnessed the Lethbridge Bulls win the championship outright. They deserve it. They'll be a part of history for that. But it was a lesser league with Canadian rosters only. And it's different. Now we're American rosters, about 80%, even higher in some regions. And not no disrespect to Canadian ballplayers, we've got them too. But Americans grow up playing this game in high school. They move on to college, which we can get into on the roster makeups. But uh, it really is quite an elite baseball league or a summer league for these kids who are about to go back to college and play in the USA.
1: Two questions I wanted to ask you. Uh, how many regular season games do they play? And do these players get paid weekly or monthly? Or is it sort of like the Intercounty Baseball League here in Ontario, which has been around since 1919, where the guys are just playing for the love of the game?
0: Yeah, it's a fair question. So the answer to your first question is we have about 35 home games. So it's a 70 game schedule. It lasts over two and a half months. They get here around Father's Day. They all have to get back to their colleges and universities in the States or in Canada by the second or third week of August. So it's a quick in. Get acclimatized, get your uniform package, get your roster, try out a little bit. But for the most part, the scouts do the tryouts and they get here and they play ball. And then it's a quick out. They are out of here as soon as the team is either out in regular season or through one, two or three rounds. So the answer to your first question is it's a really good season. Almost every night there's a game at the ballpark either here in Sylvan Lake or on the road. We don't have three and four game home stands like you would see in the majors, but we do have two game stands potentially. There are teams that travel as far away as Saskatchewan to be here. So they'll get in two or three games while they're here. But then we've got local or localized teams that might only have an hour and a half drive like Edmonton or Okotoks. And so they're only gonna play one offs and then we might go home and home with them. Um, so it's really, it's great for the fan base. This is not a traditional baseball market. You know southern alberta southern british columbia due to the weather has traditionally been uh, baseball heavy uh, towns like lethbridge alberta or trail british columbia are very you know you would certainly know um uh you know some major leaguers that came from the the british columbia area and i'm thinking of uh, of walker. Larry walker of course right so british columbia he grew up playing the game like most american kids do uh, but we don't see that where we are this is very much hockey country very much where fans uh, pay their hard-earned money. I mean, you can imagine, again, for those of you just joining us, we are right in the middle of Edmonton and Calgary. We are very fortunate, much like the people in Ontario are, the people in Pennsylvania, the people in Florida. We've got two NHL teams to choose from. We've got two major junior teams to choose from. We've got two CFL franchises to choose from, and we're right in the middle. So you will see jerseys and hats and paraphernalia from all those clubs, but, Baseball is now here. This is only our sophomore sophomore season. It's our second season. The first one, as I told you, is COVID related. And so this is the first full season. And we are just wowing fans with what baseball is, how talented this roster and these players in the league are. And of course, the amenities of the ballpark, which is having fun, grabbing an ice cream or a beer with a buddy and just watching on a summer night. It's just really wonderful.
1: To be honest, there's nothing like minor league baseball. I'm lucky living in Guelph. I'm only two hours away from the the Buffalo Bisons, A team of the Blue Jays. Great baseball, great stadium. And then I've gone to games in London at Labatt Park in London, which is the oldest ballpark in North America. And if you're a baseball fan, Joe, hopefully one day you can come to uh, London and see uh, a game at Labatt Park. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I I believe you. To answer your second question, the players aren't officially paid. If they were, they'd be professionals. So these are college players. However, to get up here, they are paid a per diem. They're paid a living allowance, and they are billeted. No different than a junior hockey player. Okay. Okay. The age, age range of the players here and they're from states like Nevada, California, Colorado, University of Utah, uh, some in Canada as well in Western Canada. We actually have a couple from your province as well from LaSalle uh, from Toronto. Um, so they do come from across our nation as well. It's not predominant it's predominantly US but it is uh, you know multinational. Um, And they're not paid, but they are billeted, which in this part of the world, they love. Uh, You know, you could go to a lot of different communities and play sports and live with a billet family and learn valuable life lessons, Never mind the sport you're in, but you're coming to a tourism hotspot. I know for a fact, some of these guys, by the way, I'm speaking to you on a day that's 30 degrees. It's hot, Alberta, beautiful day, everyone's on the lake and all of these guys have a game to play. But between you and me, a few of them hit the lake early this morning and had some time. So they're really experiencing Canadian culture, Alberta culture, and outdoor summer lifestyle while they're playing baseball. It's really a great, you know, they're living the dream.
1: I was going to say, I've never been to Alberta, obviously. Are your summers humid like they are here in southern Ontario?
0: No, and I've spent some summers in Ontario, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, No, uh, these are hot, uh, relatively dry. If you've ever been to a farm, if you've ever been to the farmlands, or maybe there's a part of your region where you would go out and you would just see fields for, for days, imagine the hottest day ever On that we are fields for days and highways that go on very straight Uh, there's certainly lake spots and places to catch the water there are trees there are foothills and mountains if you travel about an hour and a half west of us but for the most part it's a hot dry day on farmland and uh, and that's just the way it is in this part of the world
1: and I was gonna say your new ballpark uh, I saw some video footage of it. Looks beautiful. What's uh, the population or what's the seating capacity and are they going to b- build around it in the future? Possibly?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If any of your uh, viewers or listeners want to check it out it's sylvanlakegulls.com, you'll see lots of great photos. The building's only two years old. There is a structure which you'll see in photos, uh, which ha- houses uh, 12 corporate suites. Uh, our press box area where I'm talking to you from, this is my view down to the field. Guys are at batting practice right now. The field itself is uh, synthetic infield. There's no dirt and no real grass out uh, just past second base. And then the entire outfield is real grass. Um, so a lot of ballparks are doing that, um, it's really high-end turf, this is the same turf that you would find at an NFL stadium or probably Rogers Centre in, uh, in Toronto. Uh, the stadium itself uh, seats just over 1650, um, we can, uh, we have what's called berm seating, which down the line and just over my right shoulder, uh, it's a grassy knoll area. It's a discounted ticket. You can bring your own chair, you can sit on blankets, you can hang with family, or you can sit in the actual stadium seats for a little bit more, um, which is a really nice, it adds a 2 tiered pricing system, which fans seem to enjoy. Um, the music, the amenities, the concession area, all state-of-the-art. It's brand-new stadium. It has that new stadium smell. And to answer your question, yeah, there is expansion. So those berms can become 1,000-seat bleachers. The ultimate capacity could be uh somewhere in the uh, area, thirty-five hundred or four thousand, someday. Never mind the outfield. So uh, it's definitely built for future development and the popularity of baseball.
1: I was going to say, what I was going to ask you is, what are your average ticket prices? And somebody, let's say, from like someone like myself who wants to come to a game maybe next summer up out up in your area, what kind of food do they have at the the ballpark there too?
0: Yeah, so last year during COVID, unfortunately, the kitchen and then you know how things were, everything was sort yeah. of shut down and we couldn't. So we had this amazing, beautiful, new, fully licensed uh, area to cook and make people these amenities, but we couldn't. So this is the first year we've been able to launch that um concession is wonderful you can get everything from taco in a bag to poutine to hamburgers hot dogs your traditional ballpark snacks like peanuts and cracker jacks there's ice cream and freezies and a whole bunch of great amenities obviously we pour local brewery beers which is wonderful Uh, for any of your fans that might like brewery tours uh, one of the locals is snake lake when sylvan lake uh, which is our home uh, first started it was called snake lake and yes for those keeping score at home they're are snakes in that darn thing. So don't let that scare you. You can still swim. It's very uh, tourist friendly. It sounds gross. That's why they changed it to Sylvan Lake. Uh, The ticket prices are 20 bucks for a seat and 10 bucks for a berm. Uh, Suites are different. They're uh, budgeted, obviously in the full season or half season or quarter season and, uh, and all the amenities in the suites you can imagine at a junior hockey rink or a great ballpark.
1: I was going to say, in Sylvan Lake, I was reading up on it, uh, population's around, what, 15,000? But it uh, gets a lot of tourists, like I think over a million a year, apparently.
0: Oh yeah, a heavy, heavy tourist uh, population, but you have to remember while it says Sylvan Lake on the jerseys and on the schedule and that is where the team is. If you were right here right now with me, Chris, you'd realize Sylvan Lake is simply a bedroom community of Red Deer, Pinocchio, Innisfail, Lacombe, uh, Stetler. We service about 250 to 400,000 people who do their grocery shopping, their tourism, their living in this area. Uh, So if you're not going to Edmonton or Calgary, you're coming to usually the Red Deer area, which, of course, has Sylvan Lake as a bedroom community. So the fans that come each night cheer for the Sylvan Lake Gulls. But if you ask them where they're going to sleep tonight, they would say, uh, just like you have these amazing uh, bedroom communities of large towns, that's where they would go. They would leave here and drive anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes to get home. And it would be in a different community, not called Sylvan Lake.
1: Okay, um, are you still good for time, Joe? Yeah, I'm
0: all good. We're okay. uh, we're, we're in batting practice, and my uh, uh, you're speaking to me at uh, about 20 after four Alberta okay. time, and time. our first pitch is 7:05. So I'm good. Okay, with you.
1: okay. I was gonna say, when on a day of a game, what time do they ideally the team would like you there to get ready for the game that, that evening?
0: Yeah. So I'm a bit of a, a keener. Uh, I've been doing this and many other sports announcing for a very long time. And I love being at the ballpark, at the rink. I love being there early. The team would ask me to be here about 90 minutes before an hour and a half. That would give me plenty of time to, uh, prep, uh, which we can talk about how I prep, uh, both home team, visiting team, uh, umpires, all the things I have to get ready, uh, hour and a half is ample. Um, I like to get here, obviously, quite early. Today's podcast is a little bit different. I got here uh, extra early so I could speak with you and and your amazing uh, viewers and listeners. But um, I would typically be here about an hour and a half or two hours before the game.
1: I was going to say, and uh, now that I'm doing some freelance media work here, and I'm going to be doing the, by the way, I hope you don't boo me. I'm a Toronto Argonauts fan, so I'm going to be at the game against Ottawa Sunday, and uh, uh, they're going to have me up in the press box. I'm going to get there about four or five hours before game time because it's not just uh, prepping. It's the fact that it's not work to me. It's something I have a passion for and love being at BMO Field or at a ballpark.
0: Yeah, one of the things I've been so fortunate to understand and have gratitude for as I grow older is to realize that I get paid to go to places that people pay tickets to go to. Uh, and that's not lost on me. Uh, I don't pound my chest. I do a good work. I'm a hard worker. I'm talented. I've earned my spot here. But at the same time, it I'm so grateful to be able to work in sports and live entertainment because there's a lot of people that pay tickets that line up that uh, try to get into this industry just like I did. You gotta pay your dues, you gotta host a bowling tournament or do a podcast for uh, you know, badminton at a high school in order to get to some of these, uh, these great opportunities like I've got with the Calgary Flames, with the Red Deer Rebels and with others.
1: And that's what I'm hoping to do as well with my podcast show. Uh, my camera work with Rogers TV and the Gulf Storm and also now media freelancing work uh, with the Toronto Argonauts and the Ontario Hockey League. And uh, just taking advantage of these opportunities and and just continue to get great experience. And my podcast is only as good as the guests that have come on. And uh, I'm very lucky. And, and everyone in your profession, profession, Joe, has been really great and supportive of me. And they don't even care if I'm 50 years old. And guess what? I've had about... 12 guys on that are public address announcers as well from uh, the NHL, uh, Tom Cahoon from the Blues since 1987, and Mike Ross from the Maple Leafs as well, and now yourself.
0: Well, and and a good friend of mine, Al Murdoch, is, in my opinion, the NHL's best. In fact, the NHL agrees with me because they've hired him for every outdoor game, every uh, special event. Uh, If you get an opportunity or you'd like contact, I can get you in touch with Al Murdoch. He is the official public address announcer of the Vancouver Canucks, as well as a voiceover artist for major entities. You would recognize his voice immediately if you followed the Canucks for uh, any sort of time, but certainly the last two decades or more. Uh, Al Murdoch is the voice, and he's a good friend, and I uh, so appreciate his work. You, your listeners would recognize his voice. He's the guy that's on your television uh, every time there's an outdoor game. The NHL doesn't hire local PA announcers in those markets, believe it or not. They hire Al Murdoch from the Vancouver Canucks.
1: I was going to say, from what you're sound, what he, what you're telling me about him, he's sort of like the uh, Canadian version of Alan Roach of the Colorado Avalanche, who does a lot of work for the. Uh, NFL and Super Bowls and stuff as well.
0: Absolutely, Uh, and again, uh, some of your people probably have already uh, found him on uh, social media. He does great TikToks. I actually admire him a lot. I worked in radio for many years, And believe it or not, by coincidence, Al Murdoch was our imaging voice. So I was a radio producer as well as on air for many years. And I worked with his voice editing the imaging for the local radio station. I didn't know who I was working with until I turned on Hockey Night in Canada one night and heard his voice and realized it's the same guy. And so Al Murdoch is that voice. He also just won an Emmy Award, or at least his team did, because he's the voice of, of all things, Judge Judy. So, uh, he's got a very familiar voice. Uh, He's a talented, talented man. He's got great social media, by the way. You can uh, comment and tell him that Joe sent you. Uh, But please, he's got great social media. During the pandemic, he did TikToks that allowed you to tell him which names to announce for goals and assists. And then he would mimic your voice or, or your child's name or your aunt and uncle or somebody you love and he would call a vancouver connects goal using his amazing voice and he just got he went viral on tiktok because uh everyone wanted to hear him say their name which was pretty cool
1: I was going to say, I've had uh, I've used Cameo. I don't know if you've heard of Cameo, where celebrities or uh, sports figures go on there. And I've had a few of them uh, do uh, uh, announcing for me. Tom Kahuna of the Blues did one for me. Uh, Chris Palme, assisted by Brett Hall, Adam Oates, and uh, Tim St. Clair from the Chicago Bulls and stuff like that as well. But I'll definitely have to try to get in uh, contact with Al Murdoch because I would love to be able to talk to him about his career in the industry and being the public address announcer for the Canucks as well.
0: Yeah, he's incredible. And and incidentally, he's now the public address announcer of the AHL affiliate, Abbotsford uh, Canucks as well. So uh, he does a lot of hockey each winter, and I admire him.
1: And one thing I've noticed with a lot of the public address announcers, they do not just one sport. They generally, I've, I've had on my show, two, three, four sports or yeah, even more. Uh,
0: you know, a lot of people ask, you know, I've been in, I've been in this industry uh, whatever this industry is. I've been on the radio, I've been on television, I've been on live events, I've done public address announcer, I'm a public speaker. I travel the province and western Canada speaking to kids in classrooms about social media well-being, mental health, device etiquette. Um, I'm recognized in this area and I'm privileged to be so, but each is a public speaking role in a very different way. What you'll see me do on this microphone later tonight is announce batters now batting for your Sylvan Lake Gulls, number 17, Evan Rodriguez. Uh, But what you'd see me on or, or not even see me, what you'd hear me do on the radio might be something to the effect of No money down, no down payment, no monthly payments for a year. It's a store-wide liquidation sale this weekend only. You know, whether it's voiceover, live announcing, or public speaking that comes from the heart, that tugs on heartstrings, you have to do more than one thing. I believe that in our entire world. I mean, I won't get into the political uh, side of inflation and how it's very hard to make ends meet, but it's not just for money. I think if anyone wants to get found or spotted or seen, or if you've got aspirations to get to Sportsnet, TSN or a large broadcaster. The only way, and and I had this advice from many in the industry that you would recognize on TV or on the radio. The only way to get there is to diversify your portfolio. Sounds like I'm a money manager. Diversify what you do. Like I said earlier, attend a badminton tournament, do a podcast, interview the players, really get good at what it is you want to do and then do something else. And eventually connecting with the right people and networking and using channels that are available to us now that weren't when I was a kid. I absolutely recommend. You and I found each other on Twitter. I'm heavy, heavy on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I own a social media agency besides doing all this stuff. So I know what I'm talking about. And I welcome anyone to contact me or direct message me. And you and I, we hit it off right like that because we have to be gracious and help each other in uh, colleague situations.
1: And I totally agree with you on that. 100%. And I've had guys like John Murphy, the voice of the bills on Bob Sochi and these guys, I didn't think I had a chance of getting them on, but they were so gracious about coming on and sharing their stories and, and uh, encourage giving me great advice. Like you're what you're doing as well, Joe. And uh, I know you've been in this industry, what 30 years over 30 plus years.
0: Yeah, I'm born in 1975 and people do the math on that. I'm 46 years old as I speak to you. I honestly was a public address announcer for a senior men's hockey team in a little tiny town in northern BC where I'm from when I was 12 years old. It was volunteer. I didn't know what I was doing. I was using cassette tapes to play the music. ACDC's Back in Black album had just come out, so we're playing Thunderstruck, but we're queuing it up with a pencil. I have been in this industry truly a very long time. I have failed miserably, and I have succeeded at the highest level. I've been in rooms with prime ministers, with elite Uh, Political leaders with super celebrities uh, in the sports realm. I've had the opportunity to uh, not only stand beside, uh, you know, greats from the Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, Calgary, Edmonton, uh, but also. Uh, advise them in many cases. Uh, I just uh, just wrapped up a contract with the Calgary Flames. I'm the playoff host there. I got to work with the Flames alumni. Obviously, you would recognize names like Lanny McDonald and Tim Hunter. Um, and these these guys weren't in the social media or the internet world. So they're actually asking people like me and like you, Chris, for advice on media relations now, because it's changed. It's no longer about a microphone in your face that'll get recorded, uploaded, not even uploaded. It'll get played later on. It's about live. It's about content. It's about coming across not as a, um, uh, you know, a. An athlete that's jaded because they lost 3-1, but instead something with some bubbly personality. And so I had wonderful conversations with some really great, great celebrities in the sports realm and otherwise on new media and how to represent yourself on screen and on uh, online.
1: And, and that's the one thing I love having guests on as well, Joe, is I learn new stories from the, each guest and get some great advice as well. And Eric Smith, who does the Toronto Raptors, uh, when he first came on my podcast, I did a lot of things scripted, wrote it down, which is okay to write stuff down. But Eric said, to make your podcast better, Chris, talk to your guests like you're at an arena or at a coffee shop, and it just makes for better conversation.
0: Yeah, it really does. And if you don't mind, I'll share a few tips that I'm doing right now and have been for the last half hour, uh, when you're a podcast guest or on your side of the screen, when you're a host, uh, one of the things that's absolutely flabbergasting to me, how many people make the mistake, but it's something that I've been doing this entire time. And you haven't even noticed Is I've been looking in the camera, And I know that sounds ridiculous and weird, but you'd be amazed at how many people actually look at their picture on the screen like I'm doing right now, instead of looking at that little tiny pinhole dot at the top of their computer screen or their device. It's a little tiny thing, but if I make eye contact with you and your audience, you feel no different than a human relationship, more connected to me. You don't even know that you are, you wouldn't admit that you are, it's just normal. But if the whole time I had been looking down like this, and you're not looking at me in the eye, then obviously there's no connection here. I have to put my eyes up and I have to look at that little dot on the top of my screen. And that is so simple. But if you ask around and many of the people watching this right now, I can guarantee almost none of you in the last half hour, except for Chris and I have been looking at the camera, Almost. I guarantee all of you have been looking down at your screen and the screen is not the camera. So that's just one of many things. The other thing that I've been doing here, I'm in a, a you know my public address announcer's room right now, but I'm projecting to you. The microphone is an amplifier, but it still needs projection. And so a lot of people speak as though they're talking conversationally like you would at a dinner table. But when you're a broadcast, it's important to project and to enunciate. Again, I don't even know I'm doing it half the time, but I certainly don't speak like this in real life. And I'm not using a radio voice. I'm not using my announcer's voice. I'm simply projecting and enunciating. And that makes, in my opinion, for a more engaging interview and a more engaging guest.
1: Absolutely. And that is great advice about the eye contact. And I think I've been trying to work on that uh, since I've been doing this podcast show uh, for two years now. And also listening skills too. Because Joe, sometimes you can ask a guest a question and they can give you the answers to five, six, seven other questions. So always make sure you try to listen to the guest as best as you can.
0: Well, you're right. And, and many, as you know, I mean, I'm a long answer guest. So I've been giving very long answers. I've gone two or three different areas that you didn't even ask, trying to create some engagement for you, trying to create uh, some interest, hopefully a value to people that are watching or listening. And I appreciate everyone who tuned in and those that are still tuned in, it means a lot to me, I appreciate it. Um, but you're right, there are some specifically on the celebrity side, people that aren't on the broadcast side, but on the celebrity side, You know you might have a special guest and they're just simply giving you a point blank answer to your question and it happens fast and if you're not listening you're not ready for your next one and so that preparation while maintaining eye contact while enunciating while projecting and also while setting up your studio. It may look like I just sat down, but that Jersey is there on purpose because it blocks the Edmonton Prospects lineup that's behind it. And that microphone is there on purpose. That is my microphone, but it also allows a bit more composition to my on-camera interview. These are all little tiny tips that I highly recommend both for hosts and for guests of online content. Because we have, I guarantee everyone watching this right now, has wandered their eye around the room to look at where I'm sitting today. And we have to be prepared for that. There's no sense having my Visa card and my Wi-Fi password on the wall because we are looky-loos and we will always look outside of the person talking.
1: And eventually what I'm going to do... I do my podcast in my basement. I have a huge sports collection. What I'm going to try to do one day is just set up where I I use my laptop and try to have my uh, sports memorabilia in the background eventually just to make it even look more of a sports show too
0: yeah and i think the set i mean you don't have to look further than uh, national television to, to show you you watch a blue jays broadcast or uh Sportsnet central anytime during a hockey broadcast i mean those studios as you know they're backlit they're worth millions of dollars they're shiny they're marble topped there's something to that and so we don't have the value or the the ability to spend that much but i highly recommend that you you make it visually stimulating. Uh, We have to remember there's only five senses and through an online computer we can't touch, we cannot smell. So that allows us to only see, only hear, and of course we can't uh, taste anything. So uh, you have to stimulate both those senses, sight uh, and sound. And all podcasts uh, and anyone will tell you they don't watch YouTube for a black screen, they watch YouTube because there's something to see or they watch a Twitch stream because there's something to see. If we had Instagram and people were just broadcasting in the black, Instagram wouldn't exist. So really make uh, your set, your studio, your lighting, your audio, really uh, embrace that because it's so essential to engagement.
1: Absolutely. I was gonna say, I use StreamYard. And I, uh, for each guest, since you came on from the Gulf, I put your new ballpark in the background, and then I have my own corporate logo on the top of the screen. One of the guys from the Detroit area drew a digital cartoon picture of me, and now I use that because it's got a microphone, and I use that as part of my uh, part of my podcast show. And uh, I just try to make my graphics on here. As, best as possible. And with StreamYard, I can put tickers and and graphics on my guests' uh, information on here as well, and also to promote them.
0: Absolutely. And of course, I appreciate that. And that website that's going on uh, below the screen right now, that's, what, that's my public speaking website, WhitbreadPhillips.com. Uh, my business partner named Joe, we own Joe Social Media. and You can uh, visit JoeSocialMedia.com to see what we do for business. And then, of course, my personal site, because I am a well-known public figure in this area, I'm JoeWhitbread.com as well. So I've got lots of entities, a lot of irons in the fire, very successful And as always, very privileged and uh, humbled by uh, the success that I've been able to create.
1: And I'm just hoping if I make it into the radio industry, I'm going to try to pay it forward to others who are trying to get in as they have done with me. Just pay it forward,
0: basically. Yeah. And and if there's uh, any advice I can give to those who are there or people, you know, maybe like me who have had success and are somewhere, never say no. Um, certainly your time is valuable. Absolutely, you deserve to be paid for your time. And when it gets to a place of commercialization, that's different. Um, But never say no, at least that's my mantra. You asked, I'm here. Uh, Anyone else that asks whether it's a grade 11 student learning how to to Twitch stream, I'm there. Uh, Never say no, because we can all offer advice. And more importantly, we can all learn.
1: Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to get into a couple of questions if that's okay as well. Like I said, we've uh, covered a lot of ground on here. So um, this one I wanted to ask you, Joe, uh, when you were first starting up in the industry, did you have any mentor or mentors who kind of gave you guidance?
0: Yeah, I sure did. Just like you're doing, Chris. I made sure to connect. I really, truly, strongly believe that networking is the key. When I got into this business, it was uh, mid to late 90s, I was a young, fresh-faced, broadcast hopeful, and there was no social media, there was no internet. And so I had to do it the old-fashioned way, shaking hands, kissing babies, and making sure I was meeting the right people. I did have mentors. Um, I was fortunate to hang out and get media passes at both the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, Uh, Eventually, uh, when the WHL Hitman came under the Flames umbrella, I was able to work with and get to meet that staff, which shared a lot of the same responsibilities as the NHL team. That was my uh, my in to get into uh, junior hockey. Uh, I eventually moved with family and had some kids up in the Grand Prairie area, which is in the northern Alberta, western region. Uh, I worked for an AJHL. That's an Alberta Junior Hockey League uh, team up there. That was my taste of junior hockey for the first time, got scouted out of there, met people along the way. Uh, You got to remember in the AJHL or the MJHL or over in your area, all that heritage junior, junior A, junior B, maybe some junior C, there are still hockey people. That is where a lot of assistant coaches, broadcasters get their start. We neglect that as fans. We think that only the famous people are in the NHL. It's not true. So every time someone would come through, I remember when Mike Comrie came through, he played for the St. Albert Saints uh, before his NHL career and eventually marrying Hillary Duff. And now he's, uh, you know, famous on his own right with his NHL career, amazing family. The Comrie family owns the brick. If you're familiar with the furniture store, yes. I think this started, yeah. So nobody beats the brick. That's the Comrie family. Mike Comrie got his start in junior hockey. And so when you meet people, the reason I tell that anecdote, when you meet people, you're meeting other people by accident. So you think you're meeting a junior hockey player. You're meeting the owner of the brick, which they incidentally run the brick hockey tournament out of West Edmonton mall every year. It just wrapped up for multiple divisions. The brick hockey tournament is how they found young players like Johnny Goudreau. Uh, there's been some incredible talent that has played in the brick hockey tournament in your part of the world, or at least Eastern Canada, I would liken it to the same tournament that's held at Le Colise in in Quebec. Uh, It's a peewee age or Adam age tournament that discovers kids at a young age. And so when you get into these worlds, you start meeting hockey people, or in many cases, baseball or sports people. And then the next thing you know, you're being asked to volunteer at the next big event. So I've had the opportunity to work in the CFL, the NHL, junior hockey, and I've worked high school events where there's 25 people in the crowd. Uh, But it's getting your voice, your name, and more importantly, your passion out there to scratch the itch that you have. And honestly, it doesn't matter if you're at the highest level working for the Leafs or at the lowest level working for a junior high school football game. Do what you love, love what you do, and don't work for money.
1: Well said, uh, Joe. I couldn't put it, uh, couldn't word it better than you did. And uh, a lot of my guests, uh, like I said, they see the passion I have for this. And uh, like I said, I still have a long ways to go. But uh, like I said, I just have to keep working hard. And I'm, I'm learning to do digital writing now, blogging, they call it. I'm on TikTok at Live with CDP, a shameless plug. And I'm learning to create more content on social media to get myself out there.
0: Absolutely. And I welcome all of your followers and you too, Chris, you know, I'm certainly uh, I'm well-versed in social media. We do own a Joe uh, Joe social media, a social media agency. So I run not only uh, business branding for a multitude of companies in Western Canada, but I also run my own brand. Uh, and if you're there, uh, you check it out. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I'm uh, consistent, I'm relevant and I'm creative and hopefully you'll notice I'm engaging too with lots of followers. And I do Instagram influencing as well. I do work with some companies locally uh, and even provincially to um, uh, use my channel and my audience to purvey their products and services. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, One of my biggest uh, frustrations or pet peeves in this world is how we are constantly telling the world or putting out into the world this negativity on these devices that we're all on. We're hypocritically telling kids to get off their phones when we are on them. And we have very many misconceptions on the varying levels of entrepreneurship value to them. Right now, a child in grade 12 or 11 can earn a living playing video games. And when we hear that as adults, it's very difficult for us to conceptualize that. We think it means they're gonna be in our basement, that they're lazy, that they're weed smoking, junk food eating, because of those unfortunate stereotypes. We have met many, many kids in our tour of the province who make 100 to $300,000 a year streaming their video games. You tell me that's not a viable entrepreneurship channel that we should be not only investing in for our kids, learning ourselves so we can teach it, but you can't tell me that shouldn't be part of curriculum in universities, colleges, and high schools we should be if we're so worried that kids are going to become slobs playing video games for a living yet they're making 300 grand a year because they're entrepreneurs online we should be teaching them entrepreneurship and business values that's what i believe anyway
1: and economics too and had, had a budget money i could go on with you on the subject for the next hour or two. but i was gonna say tiktok too you hear the negative stuff about tiktok and and it's and and stuff like that but if you use it for the right reasons like i am and also everybody's like oh you're too old you're 50 tiktok that's that's a lie there's people that are actually older much older than me on there and uh you're right about the stereotyping because I had that stereotype with TikTok a couple years ago. Uh, I'm too old; it's for young kids, and it's just all. But you know what? That's just like you said it right there.
0: Yeah, it's simply not true. I mean, I could go on and on about many uh, things that you and I use every day that are dangerous. I guarantee, right now in your kitchen and everyone else's, there are knives. How we choose to use those knives can be a good decision or a bad decision. We are continuously blaming channels like Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch for their negative impact on our culture. And that's a people problem. I agree. There is a very bad culture that exists within the Twitter realm. You can find negative and terrible places for kids to be lured and endangered on channels like Instagram or Facebook. However, if we as parents who didn't grow up on these channels continue to approach with fear base instead of education, and by the way, that education is not when you're 30 something or 40 something or 50 something, the education is impossible because not one of your viewers, not one of your listeners right now was on Snapchat in grade eight. It was impossible. It wasn't invented. So we have to have perspective that everything we teach our kids is based on fear and protection. When we teach our kids about how to use a stove, not one of us includes that it makes cupcakes with grandma and good family time. All of us say it's hot. Don't touch that. So we will always teach our kids about the negative on purpose and with love in mind, we want them to be safe. The problem is we're teaching that in social media and we're leaving out all the amazing good stuff. And that is actually causing a rogue underground society of kids who are finding out on their own, both the bad and as we've met the good.
1: I could have actually had you on here just for two hours, talking just about that subject alone.
0: Yeah, and that's what Joe and I get to do. I mean, what, what I'm speaking to is that, uh, you know, that public speaking page we're invited into schools to talk about the positives of social, how kids are using it for entrepreneurship value, the bad, bad things that can happen and how to get out of that trouble. But sadly, Chris, we're also talking specifically about how a lot of kids have nowhere to go when problems arise. And the reason is, and I hope if you're an adult listening and you've got kids or grandkids, that you'll listen to me and hear my words. Kids are not going to adults with the problems they face because the very first thing an adult will do is threaten to take away their device, their phone, or they'll say, I told you so. You shouldn't have been there in the first place. And while that may be true, and you have every right to say it and think it, your 12 year old daughter or son doesn't need to hear it right now. They're in trouble on the internet. And so we have to start having a social media conversation with kids under their terms, not under ours
1: absolutely and like I said being 50 years old I didn't really start getting into social media probably until 2007 and I by then I was uh, I think 35 years old by at the uh, actually no 25 uh, 2007 I can't I gotta work on my math again but it was about 2007 I got into social media and I just learned it on my own I wasn't there was no social media back in the 70s 80s and, and 90s.
0: No. And and it's 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 absolutely been exponential in my career. I mean, you and I don't meet, we don't get an opportunity to even do this without a social media to get here, and B, we're on a social media channel right now. It's called StreamYard or YouTube or Facebook wherever Twitter. Yep. Yeah. So so social media is not a bad place. There are bad people in our world. And unfortunately, when they're on social media, it makes social media seem like a bad place. But I want to remind everybody, your brain is trained to go negative first. You will always look for safety first. But I want to just remind everybody there's beautiful things in the world and there's beautiful things on social media as well. And it's really hard to see them through those negative uh, trees. But I, I really hope you'll do that. I really do.
1: Well said, Joe. Hey, are you okay for a couple more questions? Yeah, I am, but
0: I'm going to throw you a curveball. Nobody Okay. It, Chris, if I can, I want to introduce you to my daughter. So my daughter Morgan is right here.
1: Hey, how are you? Cool. Are you? Good. So- nice to meet you, Morgan.
0: Here's what your viewers and listeners need to know. So, uh, so Morgan is my daughter. She just turned 24 this past weekend. But Morgan, in her own right, also works for the Silver Lake Gulls. She's in the, uh, she's part of our promotional team. She'll be on the microphone tonight. It's a really proud moment, obviously as a dad, but as a professional, I do the public address announcing and this young lady uh, does the promotional giveaways, the hosting. Um, so if you're all right, uh, I, I told her to come in at the end of our podcast, but if you're all right, keep the questions coming, but I'd love you to uh, find out a little bit about uh, her young version of an industry I've been in for decades.
1: I was going to say, Morgan, um, when did you show an interest in doing this? Like when you were really young or just recently?
2: Well, I grew up at the rink. I grew up at the ball diamonds with my dad, obviously. But when professionally, when I started taking an interest in things, I would say, oh gosh, I was roughly 14, 15, 16. I worked my first event at 16 years old, and that was the Memorial Cup, which was obviously huge. Um, and then from there, I kind of just grew into the role and got myself into as many sports events as I could.
1: I was going to say a uh, happy belated birthday 24. I remember it was like being 24 <laughs> back in 1996. So wow. hey, just enjoy it. Time goes fast. As soon as you hit 30, it goes by so quick. The, the, the next question I wanted to ask you, Morgan, if that's okay, is your first, your first public speaking engagement, were you a little bit nervous? And, and And after that, did you have a ritual before you do public speaking? events
2: Um, yeah i was extremely nervous i still am nervous to this day um in terms of rituals i can't say i have any and no superstitions or anything but my my biggest ritual is any event mostly that i've done my dad is with me and he'll always give me a pep talk before he'll always give me tips tricks you know this is what you need to do differently next time and i would call that my ritual honestly because he's been a big role model of that and he helps me wherever he can so In terms of rituals, no, but my dad helps me any chance he gets.
0: (laughs) And I do want to clarify, Morgan is actually involved with the Red Deer Rebels Hockey Club, which I was involved with for 21 years. Uh, You know, she I'm humbled and I appreciate you saying so, Morgan on her own uh, earned that role. Uh, and, and and takes great pride in that role and uh, in this part of the world uh, Chris is from the Ontario region in this part of the world everyone uh, sort of got to know me through uh, being on the jumbotron and being at the rink and now I'm very proud to say everyone kind of knows Morgan and she doesn't take that lightly uh, uh, we get a chance to meet a lot of youngsters specifically for Morgan um, you know a lot of, a lot of little girls who finally get to see a female doing roles like this and I think that's important too.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was going to say, what's the experience been like uh, doing the golf games and and your dad being in uh, the PA booth as well? What's yeah. that like?
2: It, it's it's so awesome. I'm, I'm used to him, to Rebels being by my side the whole time. And in this role, he is the PA announcer. So he's upstairs, I'm downstairs kind of running the show down there. And um, it's so good. It's it's uh, I feel like I'm finally stepping into my own person because I get to be by myself and I kind of get to run things my way. Um you know, it's been a pleasure having my dad by my side, but now I kind of get to do that on my own and make my own brand and be who I want to be out there on the field. So, I it's so cool. It's it's the best experience.
0: You do an awesome job. Yeah. And
1: that was going to say well said Morgan because that's what I've been told by a lot of people, don't try to be somebody you're not. Have your own style be yourself
2: yeah yeah he tells me that all the time (laughs) even even stepping into the role like like i said i'm obviously not him and i won't ever be anyone who steps into that role so you kind of have to turn it into who you are and inspire the people that you want to inspire your own way so it's uh, yeah it's so cool i'm so lucky to do what i do yeah i love
0: that
1: i'm gonna put you on the spot with this question flames or oilers eskimo alks or Stampeder's. I almost said the bad word. The imitated Elks or Stampeder's.
0: Yeah, no it's not um, bad. It's a great qu- great question. This is going to be good. Watch this. Yeah.
2: I am an Oilers fan and he is a Flames fan.
0: So, but we, oh. but we have <laughs> For
2: good reason. Yeah, we have
0: to clarify. So, so I've uh, I've obviously worked uh, we talked earlier about the amazing Sutter family uh right out this window and about Three kilometers that way is Brian Sutter's farm. They really are in this region. Um, I've been fortunate, uh, but as a as a boy, I grew up in uh, in a household with an Oilers fan, and I had to be a Flames fan, uh, just because you just my brother's an Oilers fan. There's no way I'm going to be an Oilers fan. But her story is even better than that.
2: Yeah, I. I grew up, obviously, in a Flames household, and when I worked for the, or when, not even when I worked for the Rebels, growing up, um, watching the Rebels, my favorite player was Ryan Nugent Hopkins when he played for the Rebels. He was the captain, number nine, he's the best. Anyway, so then when he got drafted to Edmonton, I was like, well, here's my chance to be my own fan, and since then, I've been an Oilers fan, and so now myself and my dad get to <laughs> argue back and forth on Flames vs. Spoilers, which is so fun. So this year was even better because it was Battle of Alberta and it was good. Yeah,
0: we, we can probably move on. Uh, when it comes to CFL, I'm a Stamps fan uh, and the only reason for that, I'm not a huge football fan, honestly. I know you're an Argos fan, which is awesome. Uh, I like the Stamps because they're part of the Flames family. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, for your listeners and, and your viewers, uh, the, the Calgary Flames ownership group owns the Stamps. The Calgary Roughnecks lacrosse team, the, the Calgary Hitman Jr. team, and the AHL affiliate. Uh, they used to be the Stockton Heat, but uh, the, the worst-kept secret in hockey is that the Calgary Wranglers will be the new AHL affiliate in Calgary. So uh, I'm a Stamps fan because they're part of the of the uh, football and uh, sports culture in Calgary. Yeah,
2: I obviously can't speak to football because I, I'm just neutral.
0: There you go. <laughs> okay, you're going to like
1: laugh at my teams. I'm an Argonauts fan. Detroit Red Wings fan, Detroit Pistons, Detroit Tigers, nice. Philadelphia Eagles, and University of Michigan Wolverines.
0: No kidding. Yeah. So the Philadelphia is the curveball that you gave. To, I, I get the Detroit because you're so close to D- Detroit where you live.
1: Uh Wolf, uh, it's about three and a half, four hours from Detroit. Yeah,
0: so I understand that. How what so Philly is three and a half,
1: four hours? Uh no, Philly is about nine, nine and a half hours. So, so
0: why Philly?
1: Uh because uh this gentleman Vince Papale they made a movie called Invincible about him Disney made a movie about him in 2006 he was a bartender teacher in Philadelphia in the mid-70s and he tried out for the Eagles under Dick Vermeil, and he made the team he never he didn't really have any professional football experience didn't really play college football and he made it as a long shot and his story got me into being an Eagles fan and it's actually inspired me into myself at the age of 50 trying to get into the broadcasting industry.
0: Good for you. I appreciate the story. There's always a good story on why people cheer for who they cheer for. And I appreciate that.
1: Well, and I appreciate you sharing your stories as well. And I'm always learning on these podcasts and I love it. I love to learn. And, uh, this is one of the things I love about doing all this.
0: Yeah. Well, it's wonderful. Uh, you keep them coming if you need to, uh, we're, we're good for time, but I know it's almost wrapped up. And thanks everyone for listening and watching, uh, I, I always like to, it's, it, the host is wonderful and you've been at this long enough, Chris, you deserve all the uh, accolades, but I'm, I'm really glad your listeners stuck around to to see Morgan and I, I appreciate it.
1: I was going to say, Morgan, uh, what's your favorite number? Is that number nine?
2: My favorite number is actually yeah. 24, which is what I 24. turned on Sunday. Okay, and, 24. Yeah, and it was my champagne birthday, so I, okay. but I do love number nine,
0: 93 now. Gordy
1: yeah. Howe, Gordy Howe, number nine.
0: Yeah, nobody bonded. nobody better although i completely welcome comments about rocket richard he also was one of the greats
1: yeah my favorite is steve Eiserman, number 19. i followed his days with the peterborough peets of the ohl when they wow. wore those hockey pants Cooperalls, back in the wow. late 70s and early 80s
0: i'm still waiting for the first team to bring him back i still think with all the jerseys and, re- and reverse retros and the way that they're going with uh, selling fans not only the sport but the look i do not understand uh, how the Hartford Whalers, uh, which is now what Carolina's wearing as their third jerseys, or the Philadelphia Flyers, as you know, Chris, my age, both those teams wore Cooperalls, uh, and I cannot understand why they haven't brought it back yet. And I
1: had those too when I played hockey. My dad oh, no. got me the Cooperall helmet and the pants and stuff. So, but I was gonna—I uh, forgot what I was gonna ask. I hate when that happens. But. All uh, oh, good. I just uh, I'll try to remember it. It's old age. Oh, now I remember. I notice the older we get, the more things from back in the seventies and eighties are coming back, especially with vinyl records. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, you know what? And, and Morgan's probably a good one. To, so Morgan's born in nineteen ninety eight. I can speak, obviously, being born in nineteen seventy five. I agree with you. It's come back, but we all we've always seen that, right? When we grew up, um, I remember wearing uh, you know uh, flashy neon uh now you know ski jackets you go to a ski hill in our part of the region when you go west here to the Rockies, uh you know we have a lot of great ski hills. And, and fluorescent is back mm-hmm. uh you know yellow and pink and orange and that came from the 80s so and now bell bottoms and that 70s style we're even seeing it in vehicles now i'm noticing that vehicles are no longer gray and black and white they're actually vibrant they're orange or you might see red or blue and so uh but you'd be an interesting uh what do you notice that is from a time in your past or time in our past
2: oh like anything clothing anything hairstyles yeah. anything like anything 90s are coming back right now there's i, I don't know i think it's, it's really cool it's i it, it's so fun to see it and it makes us want to relive those days it's fun it's a cool yep. it's a cool twist on history and i i love when things trends come back
1: to us i agree definitely and i do listen to uh satellite radio and i love my 70s and mm. 80s music
0: me too <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny, you know, you and I grew up uh, in the 60s and 70s, and, uh, and and I remember, you know, snapping along to what was our old music, which was the 50s, you know, doo-wop and, and sock hop, and, and now on, with devices like TikTok and platforms where, I mean, I bet you some of Morgan and her friends don't even realize that some of the songs that are used in TikToks aren't even from my era or yours. They're from the 40s and 50s. 50s.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I just got a couple more questions to ask you, Joe, if you're still good for time, and well, maybe I'll get, get Morgan to answer this question as well. Um, this one, I, I, I made a mistake there. It happens, and that's no big deal. Thoughts on the 2022 season for the goals as a whole, and uh, who are some of their key players and some surprises on this year's team? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: um, I'll answer first. Uh, we have had a really great season. I don't expect any anyone in your uh, listener or viewer audience to understand or know our players or where we are, but we have had an incredible season. We're about to go into playoffs as one of the favorites. We're number two in our league. Um, so we've just had a really, really good, specifically at home. Morgan and I work home games only, so specifically at home. Uh, I I can't remember. We lost just recently, but other than that, we had seven, eight, nine games in a row. Um, So, yeah, so really good on that. Maybe you comment on that, and then I'll go over some of the key players. Yeah,
2: it's been been incredible. We've been on, like, I think we've had, like, two over five-game winning streaks, and it just creates such an atmosphere. You know, games are sold out now. Like, you can barely get a seat. They've opened up more seating, standing room only. So it creates such an atmosphere with the fans, and – you're watching good ball it's i i think the mistake is sometimes you're coming to a game you know it's just i don't know it's just baseball yeah. it's not people think of baseball in a professional league like MLB but this this is good ball to watch and the players are are doing outstanding
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. So if you're looking at some key players, and by the way, uh, players from this league do get drafted into the major leagues. Um, It's happened just recently at the MLB draft, Uh, not from our team yet. It's only our second season, Um, but there were some Okotoks dogs. There were some Medicine Hat Mavericks. There were some, uh, some uh, from, I think, Brooks, uh, it's one in Weyburn, uh, Regina Red Sox. Anyway, if you look at our league, there have been players drafted and who have done well in the majors. Um, the, the key players on our team, uh, I think, has to be we kind of have our own Shohei Ohtani. Uh We have a pitcher who can hit and a hitter who can pitch. And certainly at a younger age, that's more prevalent. At the majors, it's not. But uh, his name is Tyler McWillie. He's a starting pitcher. He pitched really well just this past weekend, but he also hits bombs. Uh, he's When he comes to the plate and I get a chance to announce him. Uh, he gets our biggest
2: cheer.
0: Yeah, his name's Tyler McWillie. He's just a great, great person. He's a great player, but he's a pitcher and a hitter. So I think he's probably a fan favorite in that regard. Um, uh, players like Mike Polson, he's our leadoff hitter. Uh, Mike goes to the University of Mary in North Dakota. Uh, I don't know when the last time Mike didn't get on base yeah. in his leadoff role, which is his job. Uh, and when he's on base, very typically, he'll either get bunted across or he'll steal. So Mike does his job. And so as a utility guy, uh, he's a shortstop. His throw is amazing in the infield. Um, those guys, to me, are important members of the team. He hits well, uh, but he makes things happen, and he does his job, and that's all you can ask.
2: Yeah, and they're incredible players off the field as well which I think adds a lot of value to a team and I get to see that um, directly on the field after every game and uh, they're good people and I think that helps add so much to a player not just how they play on the field.
0: Yeah the last one I want to add before we go on is a a player who has just uh, grabbed the hearts of everyone in Sylvan Lake in Central Alberta Uh, his name's Ethan He. Uh, He's from the University of Utah His family, uh, and he grew up in Colorado. It's his first time in Canada. He just celebrated his 18th birthday with us. Uh, He's a young kid. He was just named the all-star MVP at our all-star game, the Midsummer Classic in the WCBL. And he's just an incredible human being. Like Morgan says, baseball is one thing, but when we have these polite young men who are billeted in families, in homes, and get to experience Canadian and Alberta lifestyle for the very first time, and they're respectful and courteous and thankful for it, there's nothing better. So Ethan he has earned my respect. I like him a lot.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I've talked to other PA announcers. Do you have a website uh, for name pronunciation? And have you had one where it's been really kind of tricky on your tongue to announce?
0: Yeah, I love that question, Chris. It's a really good one. So the answer is no, there's no website with phonetics, okay. um, but uh, what I do and what many of the professional mentors that I've had a chance to work with over the past have done uh, is every single game, we make sure we're down at the visitors dugout or in hockey down at their dressing room. And we're talking to an assistant coach, a trainer, or in many cases, the players themselves and getting it from the horse's mouth. If you're watching this, and you wanna be in public address announcing or announcing and you're dealing with names. By the way, this is beyond sports. If you're on stage and you have to introduce the local elected official and you get their name wrong, that's on you, not on them. Uh, so uh, do your due diligence. Get pronunciations right. Has it happened that I've screwed up? Absolutely. Um, I've screwed up many, many times. You do the best you can, specifically if it's foreign sounding or if it's a bunch of consonants mixed with not a lot of vowels, that can be difficult. And every player I've ever met is apologetic, or not apologetic, but they're sympathetic for, uh, for making the mistakes. Um, but yes, I have seen names. I've butchered names. And I've done a pretty good job at names, but uh, it's a huge part of the job, Chris. I'm glad you asked the question.
1: I was gonna say, Morgan, um, have you had any events, uh, any events you've done public speaking where uh, names can kind of been tricky to pronounce or difficult to pronounce?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I we, we communicate through radios. And so then if, I, you know, if it's happening in the moment and I have to go down there or something, or I'm on the mic, then I will always radio up because he will most likely Know it, and then if you get in a second opinion, then it's uh, it's always easier. But I have made my fair share of mistakes, and it happens. And it's uh, you just do what you can, and if you do the homework beforehand, then it makes it easier on you during
1: the game. And and I've I've made a few mistakes on here too as well, and I make sure I apologize and then correct correct it. And like you said, uh, Joe, preparation and just going over it, doing your homework, and just going over. It. And if you're not sure. Ask that person, absolutely what you said there is perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. and when you ask, make sure you say it out loud. Uh, I know it sounds weird, but sometimes when we vocalize something in conversation, we pronounce it softer, but when in a public uh, dress uh, announcer's role, you do it with uh, much more explosion in your voice and much more emphasis. Mm-hmm. And so when you're down there at the dugout or the dressing room, I know it feels weird and sounds weird, but you got to get over yourself. Say it the way you were going to say it in the stadium, because you'll see that your enunciation differs when you raise your voice. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, yeah, little tiny tips like that along the way, which has uh, made me a better person and a better announcer.
1: Okay. I just got two more questions for you guys. This one, I'm going to put you on the spot on this one. I had to ask you this, but who's your prediction for the league MVP of the WCBL and and teams possibly, obviously the goals obviously are going to be your choice, but other teams that could compete with the goals for the WCBL championship in 2022?
0: Yeah. It's, it's a really good one. I'm going to grab the Okotoks dogs. I mean, the dogs are just the elite team in our league. They really are. They deserve that. Um, I'm going to say the league MVP might be someone like uh, Mississauga, Ontario's Brendan Luther. Uh, he's the leadoff hitter for the dogs. Um, he's from Mississauga, which is incidental. Um,
1: only 40 minutes from me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, who else on the dogs is, uh, Caleb Lombard's a great player. Um, Alejandro Cazorla from Calgary. Um, they're just a really good team. Now, you know, those are those are the, the, the dogs players and, and, and you'll find Morgan and I, well, we work for the Gulls and we love the Gulls. I mean, let's give credit where it's due. There's some great players around this league. Some very, very good Lethbridge Bulls who are the defending champs. On our team, uh, you have to look, look no further than, uh, you know, Mike Polson, who we talked about, uh, Tyler McWillie and Ethan Hee. Um, you know, he was named all-star MVP for a reason. That's the best of our league in one place. It was just played last weekend and he came out on top with a, uh, a walk-off single to win the ball game and also extremely good defensive plays at, at second base. So, um, in my opinion, I think Ethan, he is one of, uh, one of the top players in our league and, and could be considered MVP.
1: Okay. And I was going to say that Jersey in the background, is that your primary color, uh, blue and white? Yeah, great. I wanted to bring in, yeah, because I was wearing
0: white, uh, Morgan's wearing our, uh, our home jersey, our white jersey.
1: Nice, I need to get one of those, that's a nice jersey.
0: Yeah, and then uh, we actually have three jerseys, the baby blue is not here, much like your Blue Jays, but uh, there's a baby blue version, which is really cool. It kind of has a look of the uh, 1980s Mariners. Okay, uh, yes. If you can remember that jersey. I'm sorry I didn't bring it in. But yeah, that's uh, that's jersey number two. Morgan's wearing jersey number one. And then the baby blue would be our third. Yeah.
1: Okay. And I was going to say, um, my next question I wanted to ask you, both of you, if you guys can answer this, uh, any advice for those who are watching or listening later on to this podcast on about getting into media, broadcasting, public speaking? And where can my audience here in Guelph, in Ontario um, find you guys again on social media and where they can, they reach out to you Stay they like to you.
2: Yeah. So my best advice would uh, follow your passions. Um, my dad taught me this and it sticks with me is don't work for money, uh, which sounds that I've done of- that.
1: I actually, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I can no. absolutely relate to that. And uh, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, that's okay. I just, I think that if you're passionate about it, then your passion should take over from the money part. And, you should love what you do and do what you love and so he taught me that it's it's in my brain forever and uh, that's what I go in so if I'm not passionate about something then I won't I won't go for it and so I've been lucky enough to be a part of some incredible events but I started at the bottom and you you have to start somewhere and your passion will shine through um, no matter what event you're a part of if you're just hosting you know something small in your community do it with love, do it with passion, and people will be able to see through that. So that's some of the best advice that I've been given. I
1: think you can- Yeah, that's- Well said, well said.
0: I love that. And and obviously if you've been listening, uh, I said very similar things earlier on, so it's, it's great to hear that and, and thank you. Um, yeah, so on my side, I've obviously been in the actual industry for a very long time, much longer than Morgan, as she just kind of gets her feet wet and is doing such an incredible job. Uh, coming up through, um, I did what Morgan said. I shook hands. I worked, like I said earlier, I worked badminton tournaments. I was at the bowling alley, you know, commentating to no listeners. Um, I did interviews with people uh, that weren't celebrities or famous, but just so I could hone my interview skills. um, I made announcements with no amplification. That means there was no power, no microphone, no speaker, I was yelling. Um, these are the worst of the worst scenarios, but you learn how to be the best in the worst scenarios. So the other thing that I highly recommend or encourage to you, Chris, and to anyone listening who might want to get here, is understand that while we live in this world where we seemingly can have the best, you are not gonna have the best. We're very humbled to work in an environment right now in a press box with amazing equipment and great speakers, but I've worked in the worst. I worked at a picnic table, got slivers on my bum while announcing out loud without a microphone for a minor ball tournament and having a dad yell at me because I'm doing it wrong. Prepare for the worst. Give it your best, just like Morgan said along the way. And when you get to these amazing places, if you get the opportunity to work in the CFL, the NHL or Major League Baseball, or maybe not sports at all. Maybe you get to be a statistician because that's where your passion lies in the TSN or the SportsNet studios and feed Elliot Friedman stats. Maybe that's your passion. You will really, really appreciate the great because you've had the worst.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And uh Everything you said there, I can't say it any better than you and Morgan have just said on my podcast, and and that's what I'm trying to do with all the work I'm doing. Everyone's like, hey, Chris, you're not getting paid for it. You're not getting anything out of it. And I said, getting experience, valuable experience, sometimes is even better than getting paid.
0: And you are getting something out of it because the one thing we completely neglect in a commercialized or a capitalism society is somehow what we love. Mm -hmm. I get to work with my daughter every night. They happen to pay me for it. But that's pretty pretty special for me um i get to do something that a lot of people are going to pay tickets and line up to see tonight mm-hmm. that is extremely special to me not lost on me either it allows us and i know morgan shares this it allows us to give back yeah. uh, and we give back all the time
2: yeah i'm doing it for the people like seeing seeing the smiles on people's faces i i just i made an instagram post as i was walking up here with a little that i met on Tuesday night and he just made my day or I made his day I guess if you want to call it that but he doesn't know that he made my day so I do it for the people and for um, the smiles on their faces and the joy that it brings them.
1: And that's awesome. And that's why I like doing this podcast. And I'm gonna be honest, this podcast has changed my life because I've met so many, not just contacts, but I've met so many new friendships and new relationships off of here. And to me, this isn't work. This is something I like you said, you guys have been saying, this is a passion of mine. And I've had it for years. And and it took me a while, almost fifty years, to unleash my passion, but I finally found it.
0: Yeah, you did. boy, Chris. And thanks for reaching out and getting us on today. I appreciate it. And thanks for welcoming Morgan into your audience as well.
1: Oh, definitely. And if Morgan ever would like to come on as a guest again in the future and maybe even talk some uh, Red Deer Rebels hockey, that would be great too, because I'd love to learn more about the Western Junior Hockey League, the Western Canadian Baseball League. And I'm going to have to come out to a, a goals game maybe next year. Come out and spend some time in Western
0: Canada.
2: Yeah, I would
0: love that. That's yeah, we'd love to have you. Morgan can set up the computer. We'll do something exactly like this, except she'll be at a rink uh, where uh, the house that the Sutters built. Yeah.
1: And and you guys get the Sutters out in Alberta. We have the Hunters here out in Ontario, in London, in Sarnia, the Mark and Dale Hunter and Dylan Hunter. So, Hunters
0: and su- Sutters. And you have the amazing Stall family, too. We'd be remiss if we didn't uh, mention the amazing Stall family. Thunder Bay.
1: <laughs> That's true, too. So I'm going to let you guys go because I know you guys got to get ready for the game tonight. But is there is there a way my audience and myself can watch
0: this game tonight? Uh, is it on YouTube channel? Absolutely. It's on hometeamlive.com. If you want to type that in, hometeamlive.com. Yeah, we have a great broadcast, actually. You'll hear, yeah, you'll hear the voice of Jim Claggett and Cale Clark. Uh, we actually have a professional crew. This might interest you, Chris, because I know you're a shooter with Rogers Um, Our shooters for the Gulls games actually work for Sportsnet. Uh, They shoot Edmonton Oilers games. They shoot Calgary Flames Jumbotron. Um, So if you do want to log in, I can promise you it's a professional broadcast, hometeamlive.com, to see the Edmonton prospects visiting the Sylvan Lake Gulls on a Thursday night where it's almost 30 30 degrees in Alberta.
1: Oh, right now it's twenty six here, but with the humidity, it's probably about in the nineties. Yeah,
0: amazing. It's just it's, it's just awesome. been such a pleasure to talk to you. I really appreciate you. Yeah, so much. Nice. No
1: problem. Well, thank you so much, and I would love to have you both on, or uh, again, again, and we talk more. Maybe talk uh, CBL playoffs and the championship, and then uh, hockey season's uh, not that far away. Another month, and the training camps will start up for both leagues.
0: We're there for you, pal, and let me know if I can get you in contact with any broadcasters or athletes out here west. We're very uh, humbled and blessed to be uh, connected with many of them and would love to have them on your show.
1: Definitely take you up on that offer, and hopefully next summer, I will definitely let you know, and I'd love to come out to our Alberta and see a Goals home
0: game. Love, love to have you, pal.
1: Thank you so much, Joe and Morgan. Have a great night, and uh, uh, goal, goal, Goals, and uh, I'll definitely watch the game. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast tonight with Joe Whitbread and his uh, daughter Morgan, who came on the last half an hour. So uh you guys can follow him on social media on Twitter at Joe whitbread and you guys can also check out his other websites as well. Uh just one second. You can check out whitbredphillips.com and you can also check out uh, JoeSocialMedia.com, and his other social media pages, JoeWhitbread.com as well. He's the uh, public address announcer for the uh, uh, Sylvan Lake uh, Alberta Out in Alberta goals of the Western Canadian Baseball League as well. And speaking of that, you can check out their website WesternCanadianBaseballLeague.ca, and you guys can also check out the Sylvan Lake Gulls. Dot com so again i want to say thanks to joe and his daughter morgan uh who popped on the last half an hour for coming on uh great show and uh, i'm really hoping one day i can get out to alberta and catch a goals game and maybe a red Deer rebels uh junior hockey game from the western hockey league as well before i go guys i'm going to just show you a little clip of the new stadium they built in sylvan lake uh for the goals just one moment and i'm just going to play a quick uh two minute clip from uh, YouTube.
2: Hey guys, I'm Kiana, and I'm Bryn, and we work with Eagle Builders and their marketing team. Today we are at the Sylvan Lake Gauls New Stadium. We'll be watching the Gauls take the Oketoks stocks and it's their first game um, to have full capacity, so it's really exciting. This project began in August 2020 and our scope consisted of custom bleachers, uh, custom dugouts, hollow core floors, we did wall panels for the suites and concession stands. The stadium was operational in about early spring. Yeah, they had their game opener on June 18th. They're practicing in the facility beforehand. We did a giveaway to our social media followers for a chance to win six tickets to tonight's game. The Sylvan Lake Gulls are a college
1: team and part of the WCBL, yeah, pretty big thing for the community of Sylvan Lake. So follow along, let's go, awesome.
0: Welcome to tonight's Western Canadian Baseball League regular season game between Okotoks Dogs Black and your Sylvan Lake Gulls.
1: Guys, that clip was courtesy of the Sylvan Lake goals of the Western Canadian Baseball League. It looks like a beautiful ballpark they have out there. It's halfway in between Sylvan Lake, Alberta is halfway between Edmonton and Calgary. And I'm really hoping uh, next summer I might be able to uh, come out to Alberta and just check out the province. and, And obviously a goals baseball game. I love minor league ballparks. I love minor league baseball. And it looks like a great uh, facility as well. And it's only two years old. So, Um, guys, just to let you know before I wrap up this podcast, uh, my next live with CDP podcast is Friday, July 29th. 7.30 7.30 with Riley Pitt, a defenseman with the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey Leagues, Acadia Bathurst Titans. And uh, He also was with the Oshawa Generals and moved over to the Quebec Junior League. And at 10.15, doubleheader guest is Martina Burnett. She is a wrestling fan, and she's going to preview the WWE SummerSlam and give her a prediction. So I got two podcasts tomorrow, 7.30 with Riley Poole. Uh, Quebec major league uh, junior hockey player uh, with the Acadia Bathurst Titans of the Quebec major junior hockey league. And at 10:15, 15, uh, Martina uh, Burnett, uh, a WWE, a W big fan. And uh, she knows through rapport wrestling and she's going to come on at 10:15 tomorrow, Eastern and uh, preview the summer slam, which takes place Saturday, July 30th in Nashville, Tennessee. And she's going to do her predictions and, uh, talk about all the matches and stuff so and before i wrap this up guys uh, again i want to say thank you to everybody watching this live on my youtube channel please hit subscribe and hit the like to my previous podcast episodes and video work on there and thank you to everyone watching this on facebook live and on my twitter page at chris D. Pome. And like I do with all my podcasts, Live with CDP podcast, the audio version is downloaded onto Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn as well. And also, guys, you can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP, at Live with CDP on TikTok as well. And I think that's pretty well it, guys. Uh, again, I want to say thank you to Joe Whitbread, uh, Whitbread for coming on along with his daughter Morgan in the last half an hour and talking about his career as a, a keynote speaker, MC, uh, doing some voiceover work and obviously public address announcing uh, work with the goals and the uh, Red Deer Rebels of the Western Hockey League as well. So they are playing the uh, the the Sylvan Lake Gulls tonight at seven o'clock Edmonton time or Alberta time nine o'clock our time are taken on uh, the goals are taken on the Edmonton Prospects. So I'm um, looking forward to trying to catch some of this game tonight online. And uh, yeah, the goals were 32 and 17 right now in the Western Division of the Western Canadian Baseball League. So check out that league again, too, guys. Before I wrap this up again, guys, uh, just check out the Western Canadian Baseball League.ca, Western Canadian Baseball League.ca, and also the Sylvan Lakes Goals.com as well. So all right, guys, I'm going to call this a podcast show, but I want to say again, thank you to Joe and his uh, uh, daughter Morgan for coming on. I thought it was a great podcast and a podcast is only as good as his guest. And uh, one question I forgot to ask Joe is if he was ever going to consider writing a book about his 30 uh, year career in uh, public speaking and media and broadcasting as well. So, all right, uh, again, guys, uh, I hope you guys can all tune in tomorrow night, 7.30. Uh, I got a podcast with Riley at 7.30 and at 10.15, Martina. So we're going to talk some hockey at 7.30 with Riley and at 10.15, Pro Wrestling, WWE with Martina Burnett as well. So, all right, guys. Uh, Again, thank you, everybody, for watching this live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and later on on my audio platform. So we'll see you guys tomorrow night at 7.30 for Season 4 episodes 14 and 15 of live with CDP sportscast. Have a great night guys. And again, thank you for watching and listening to live with CDP podcast.